Of course, I didn't think it was tricky, but she tricked yeah. me. And then what'd she say? I, I said yes, and three months later, we were, we were married. What do you mean? She, so she said, okay, so will you marry me? No. Then, then we start, we start like, then it became to be... Like you saw that there was maybe some romantic yeah, exactly. there wasn't, element to it. It wasn't platonic it. anymore. It was like, she right. wasn't my friend. She was like, what she calls, we became lovers. You know how she says. Ew, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> That's what she says. <laughs> you sound like the guy from Sex in the City. The, uh, what's his name? Barishnikov. <laughs> Alexander Petrovsky. Yeah. Lovers. Hi, I'm Ariel Charnas, and this is In-House, my podcast about all the happenings in my life. Whether it's fashion, entrepreneurship, marriage, or mom life, you'll hear it all right here on In-House. Hi, guys. Welcome back to In-House with me, Ariel Charnas. On previous episodes, you've met the many amazing women in my life, including my mom and my mother-in-law. Today, I'm excited to introduce you to the first man in my life. Please welcome to the podcast, my father, Oda Nachmani. My dad has an inspiring story. He arrived as an immigrant in NYC in 1975 at 25 years old with $800 to his name after finishing his service in the Israeli Defense Force. Five years later, he met the love of his life, my mother. Did she write this? No, I did. You shocked that I write it? (laughs) Five years later, he met the love of his life, my mother, and they eventually married. He worked many odd jobs in the garment district before starting his own business, Coolware, the junior sportswear in 1985. After selling his company in 2007, he shifted his attention to real estate and continues as a broker today. Being a supportive father and parent to three independent daughters must have been quite a challenge. Add in my mom, and he was surrounded by women most of his life. I'm looking forward to talking to my dad about his experience, the traditions he grew up with, and look to pass down to me and my siblings, and now being a grandfather. Hi, dad. Welcome. Hi. Thanks for joining me. Let's start at the beginning. Do you want to talk a bit about growing up in Israel and what life was like for you as a child? Well, I had a great childhood with three siblings, my brother and my sister. I'm the oldest one. My parents were amazing parents. Uh, we grew up in Jerusalem. And like any other Israeli, when you get to be 18, you either go to the army or you go to college. Most of us go to the army. Yeah. It's a great place to grow up in. I mean, obviously, it's a 3,000-year-old Jerusalem, especially, we just had a great childhood in Jerusalem. It was amazing. And in 1979, two years after I finished the army, a lot of my friends were like going everywhere. I was working as a photographer for an Israeli TV and thought I'm going to have a better opportunity here. And one of my friends was here, so I ended up coming here. Were you close with your brother and sister growing up? Very close. We lived in an 800 square foot apartment. You can't get closer than that. It's called German Colony, where we lived. Uh, It was the coolest area to grow up in. The school was walking distance. Did you walk to school every day? Yeah, yeah. We never had buses. Right. You walk everywhere. That's crazy. Yeah. And it was safe for you as like a young kid? Like, you guys would never let me walk to school. Very safe. Very safe. There's, there's, there's no, there's, there's nothing not safe in Israel. I mean, what you hear on the news. No, involved, it's not just Israel. I'm saying like you wouldn't let me walk to school. Well, that's your mother. Never. That's your mother. Yeah. I would have let you walk. <laughs> it's your mother, you know. The biggest thing is your mother wanted like, you know, make sure that you are protected. Yeah. But it was uh, great going after. What did Saba and Safta do? My father worked for the government as a, in the employment side of a, an agency that gave licenses to people to drive taxis and my mother was a nurse all her life 
since she, since she was 19, the whole family in general, you do everything yourself. You never call a painter, a plumber, an electrician. You learn how to do it yourself. That's just the mentality. Right. My, my parents were working people. You know, we, we weren't rich. We weren't poor. We were middle class. We had everything. They owned their own apartment. We never went to a restaurant. They always cooked at home. You know, only later as things like life moved forward, I start, I, because of my friends and everything, we, we were going out as kids when you turn like eight, right. you know, but growing up. You get more social, yeah. Yeah, but my sister is 10 years younger than me, so there was a big gap between my, my sister. Me and my brother are only two years old, different. But my sister was like uh, 10 years old. I mean, I, my memories of you like growing up is that you literally could fix anything on the planet. Like it doesn't matter what it was. Yeah, that's you how, fix everything. <laughs> that's how we grew up. That's that was just it's a given. You just do it. Right. Whatever you have to do, you just do it. How did you end up joining the army? Is it mandatory for all young men and women to serve in the Israeli military? Yeah, it's almost like you have to have breakfast. I mean, it's the same. You get, right. you are eighteen, and all your peers, everybody in your age group, like everybody going. Everybody applying to college, you go to the army, you go to the tests and everything, and you, you pick the unit you want to be in, and hopefully they accept you, and you're in the army for three years. What unit were you in? I volunteered to be a parachuter. What does that mean? You parachute from a plane. What? Yeah. You volunteered to do that? Yeah. Like, you're not like a daredevil like that. It's not a matter of a daredevil. It's such a privilege to be able to, to be... Uh, it's uh, in in uh, in Hebrew is it Sanchanim in the parachuters that it was like an amazing right. you, you jump you uh, drop you behind enemy lines it's it's part of your life it's excitement it's phenomenal right but unfortunately when I joined after finishing training as a for the to be a parachuter they needed what they call fresh meat because there was seventy three war so they took us all from mm-hmm. there and moved us, moved us into tanks. So I end up being in a, a in the tank in tanks. Oh my god, that's crazy! Did you enjoy it? Did you what? Did you enjoy your time in the army? Like, did you make friends? Oh yeah, you make a lot of friends, and you grow up. You grow up a lot. You go in yeah. as a kid, and even even when they get take you in, they like break you down to nothing and build you back up. So it was an an amazing experience, an unbelievable experience. At what point did you decide you wanted to move to the states, and why? Yeah, after the army, I worked for a construction company that built bunkers, yeah. bunkers for the army because it was good money. Right. And then I met this girl and she didn't want me to go and work in the Golan Heights. So she got me a job at a television in Jerusalem. By the way, this is where I met Mira. No way. Yeah. That's so funny. So uh, I, I uh, moved back to Jerusalem and I worked in uh, the te- television for like a year, year and a half, two years. And I always used to see those people from CBS, NBC coming to, to do the news in Israel. I said, you know what? I can definitely do it overseas. Right. And it happened, happened that one of my friends married an American girl and, and moved to New Jersey. And another friend married, married, uh, married a girl in London. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go to London, see what it is. Mm-hmm. And then I, if I like it, I stay there. If not, I come to the state. I went to, I was in London for three months. Didn't really like it. It was too cold. I, didn't, I couldn't connect with the people. It wasn't for me. Yeah. And then in November 79, like the worst winter ever, I came to New York and I lived in New Jersey for a short time. And then I moved to Brooklyn 
So you so you lived with your friend that married a American girl? Yeah, for a short time until I got my, you know, I got I acclimated. Yeah. I got a job someplace in Brooklyn. So I moved to, I, found, I met another friend that we went to kindergarten together in an apartment above the supermarket. So I lived with him. And actually, that's where I, how I met your mom. <laughs> so why don't we start? Let's go into the story of how you met mom. How did I meet mom? So the guy... That I was living with. In New Jersey. No, 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 no. I left New Jersey because I was working in Brooklyn. So my friend uh, lived above the supermarkets. So by, we, got, we used to get all our, all our supermarkets for free because we're friendly with the cashier. So <laughs> one time he comes home. We, he had a very nice apartment, but uh, like above the supermarket. like it's, This is in Brooklyn? In Brooklyn on Coney Island Avenue. Okay. And he says, he, he says, I met this girl yesterday. She's unbelievable. We're going to breakfast in her house today. This was Saturday. So we went there and that's where I met mom. I mean, so... Wait, was it mom that he was talking about or the roommate? No, mom was his girlfriend and I'm supposed to be introduced to the, to the roommate. To the roommate? Yeah. I'm dying. Yeah, but she happened to, she happened to have a mustache, so I couldn't really go. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, so, so we, you go there and that's when you met mom? Yeah, that's the first time I met mom. We had breakfast and stuff and then we went to the beach in Coney Island. But like, did you think like, oh, she's, she's no, pretty? No, no, no. It was his girlfriend. He didn't even. It was his yeah. girlfriend. I mean, I wasn't like, thinking this way at all. I mean. How was mom with you? Lovely. I mean, <laughs> she was very nice. I mean, she's his girlfriend, not mine. So it was never really anything in, yeah. in, like that. But uh, he ended up moving to California or whatever. And me and mom stayed friends for the longest time. And then she proposed to me. And I couldn't say no. And I said, yes. Let's rewind that story. So can I tell mom's side of the story of this part? And then you could tell your side? Sure, sure, sure. You know, it's my side. It's the true side. Go ahead. Okay. So apparently my mom, they, they remained really good friends. And she started setting him up with like a bunch of her girlfriends, her cousins, like all these people. He was, a you know, player, just, you know, went with everybody and my mom like started to get like a little jealous sometimes, and then all the time. So at that point, did you not know that she was interested in you? I was so oblivious. That's crazy. I wasn't thinking about her this way. She's my best friend. If I needed to borrow money, I go to her. If I needed anything, hey, by the way, this is what do you think? She was my friend. It's like uh, my best. I used to always have girls as my friends with no relationship. So this was not new to me. It was fine. So funny. So. They went to a bar one night. Upper East Side on First Avenue. What was it called? Grass. And they were sitting at the bar and you were complaining about needing to find a roommate because you your lease was up or something with your apartment. Yeah, it could be, yeah. And then you said to mom, can I move in with you? And she said, I can't live with a guy unless I'm engaged to him. No, it's but boobamysis. And then... <laughs> it's not... <laughs> so what happened? We're sitting at the bar talking, just talking. We came from a private screening of a movie because she was, she was a writer for cable, a writer, ca yeah. cable television. And she says, as my friend, if I ask you, if you ask anybody, she says, would you marry a girl like me? What would you say? Wait, she said to you as a friend. Would you marry? Yeah. Would you marry a girl like me? And would you? I said, yes. Yes, she's my best friend. I mean, like, why would I say no? I mean, it's not like there was anything tricky there. Of course, of course, I didn't think it was tricky, but she tricked yeah. me. And then what'd she say? I, I said yes, and three months later, we were, we were married. What do you mean? She, so she said, okay, so will you marry me? 
No, then we stopped. We stopped like, then it became to be. Like you saw that there was maybe some romance. Exactly. There wasn't, it wasn't platonic it. anymore. It was like, she's not, right. wasn't my friend. She was like, what she calls, we became lovers. You know how she says. No, dad. <laughs> That's what she says. <laughs> you sound like the guy from Sex in the City. The, uh, what's his name? Barishnikov. Alexander Petrovsky. Yeah. Lovers. Yeah. So, and... Well, so it wasn't so far off. No, 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 it wasn't so far off. So the next question is, did you know she was the one when you met her? The answer is no. No, not at all. No, no. you didn't know. Do you think she knew? No, I think we grew up, we grew up on each other. We, we, you know, you know what I'm saying? You grew into each other. Yes. Onto being a parent. What were your own expectations of being a parent before you had your kids? Did you like ever think about it? What did you like think it was going to be like? No, we we had kids and it was great. And your mother was phenomenal mother. She was so attentive and on top of you guys. And to me, I was really so immersed in my business that I I mean, she kind of handled. She handled the house, and I just hand uh, like weekends and vacation. Right, you were partners. Yeah, yeah. So exactly. So we were partners, kind of. And this was her one. But like when she was pregnant, were you like with Danielle, you know, after her first miscarriage, like, were you like, okay, we're having, we're going to really have a kid now. Like, were you nervous at all? Like, were you scared or you were like, whatever, whatever happens, happens. No, it wasn't. That's your personality too. Yeah, yeah I was never. People ne- don't know you. You're very like. Yeah, never scared. Never scared. Whatever it is, we can handle it. She wasn't scared either. We went into this with the, our eyes wide open and. Yeah. Hey, we have a kid. It's great. I mean, Yes. It wasn't good when the miscarriages was absolutely probably the lowest part of our life because it put so much strain and she was destroyed from it time and time again. Isn't it crazy that you look back and like in that moment, it was like the end of the world. And now you look back and you have like three healthy, knock on wood, healthy daughters. Yeah, I didn't think it was the end of the world because... Well, you didn't, but she probably was like... No, but because I, I was like ready to say, listen... We have our life. We have Danielle. Right. And that's it. I mean, there's nothing we can do Forget about it. it. Yeah. And we, we continue. But she was very persistent and she, she it was a... Do you have any fond memories of, or stories of me from when I was younger? Oh, my God. Listen to me. You came out this way. You came out the way you came out. You're so close to who I am, meaning when it comes to neatness and getting dressed and putting yourself together... So when we go out for dinner, Michaela can come from one room, Danielle come from one room, and you come, you always used to be dressed immaculate. It's just like... Just so everyone knows, my dad has been like that since day one. Like my memories of him is like always being put together to perfection. You know, he would come home from work and like most, you know, men will get in the shower and put on sweatpants and like a t-shirt. He was just, he would put on a fresh button down like to just sit in the house. And like, if it was just any sort of like activity, he had to just plan out and change his outfits. And he was the same way as me. Like, I feel like anytime you bought something for yourself or bought something new, you need to wear it right away. Yeah. Right. Like you need to wear it right away. That's how I am. That's, that's, so that's what I'm saying. We're so much alike, but I, I think either each one of you picked up stuff from me and some stuff from mom, you know, it just, the way yeah. it is, you know, you come this way. I mean, it's not like, oh, uh, Stanley, she stopped dressing like this. We used to travel 
and your, your sister would be in sneakers and this, you'd be in high heels uh, going to Sam Bouts. I was standing in line. <laughs> high heels and like all dressed up. I mean, you can, how can you be comfortable? But that was you. So what drew you to want to start your own business and, and start a clothing line? A lot of Israelis were in the garment center and I got a job in a company and I was like picking up from the factories and stuff like this. I was always into clothing yeah. and getting dressed. My father was like this. My father had all his shirts in the closet, like folded, like he used to have with like no label, but the, and he used to put every shirt he wore in the bottom after it's clean. So you like recycle. So the same mentality. So you. Yeah. So I worked at, uh, for this company for like a year. And then another company approached me to come and do sales for them in, in the garment center, another small company. And I used to go with the suitcase. All I like Monday was the Queens. Tuesday was the Brooklyn. Wednesday was the Bronx. But I had days that I used to sell to all the stores with the, with the suitcase, like a salesman. Right. And then working there for a year and another company approached me to come to them. They gave me a car and 3%. It was a be- better deal. So I stayed there for like two, two and a half years. And then I went on my own. I, I one of my dearest friends and she's still around. She's, she just turned 90. She was one of my customers in the Bronx. And she said, I said to her, Barbara, you think I can go to business? Is this a good time to go to business? She says, for you, it's always a good time to go to business. Go into your own business. And I opened Coolware in 1985. I joined, I had a partner that was, that his, the family owned a couple of stores and stuff. And the rest became to be history by, I think by the, by, by 2000, we did about a hundred million dollars in volume. So it was a great run. Wow. It was a great run. It's funny that your work started in fashion. Now all of your daughters are involved in fashion. Would you say our family is fashion oriented? Yeah, I think you had it in the house all the time. So we grew up in, in his, where he worked. We grew up there. We loved it. We loved, it was like a treat to be able to go with him to his office. They had huge, like, it was a huge warehouse and we would bring rollerblades and we would roller skate through all the rooms. It was 80,000 square foot warehouse in Long Island City. First it was in Brooklyn and then we we moved to Long Island City and I probably the first company that did garment dye in 1985. Basically, all the goods used to come in raw cotton and then we dyed the colors as the customers ordered it. It was... It was, it was so cool. Yeah, it was very cool. And I, honestly, I think we all, all three of us are, we learned everything from him. Like we're so inspired by him and learned everything from him. And I feel like that's what made me like, it was subconscious, but I feel like being there all the time, like just watching that, like I knew that I wanted to, you know, I guess do something similar. I, I always felt it, you know, I just didn't know what it was. I just knew that like, this is so cool like i loved working with rita and i loved working with like all every different person like all the different departments i loved just like i loved being there loved it what did you learn in the process that you look to pass down to me as i started my company well uh, initially when you started we had like a run with the shop girl for a little while when i put you with isaac it was my friend from israel yeah and really taught you the ropes of how to go about e-com yeah e-com yeah. what you wanted you probably didn't want to do it yet but once you remember when you move into my showroom and you, we start taking the photo shoots and the whole thing it's like all got together you learn every different department he like showed me yeah 
And you, yeah, and you saw, you, I, I think you saw this, or maybe you didn't realize this is the future of that business. I did. Yeah. And you took it and you started really with nobody who was blogging on who was, no. and they, people used to say to me, Oh, your daughter has so many followers, what she's doing with the, whatever the name of the company necessary, yeah, yeah. Uh, packing boxes. I said, don't worry about her packing boxes. In the meantime, this was the best school. It was school. huge learning experience. So it, they op- it opened the door. I want to start with real estate. So was that something that you always knew you wanted to be involved in or just something that like naturally came next? You know, in the garment center, when you make money, y- you have to put it somewhere. So over the years, uh, uh, besides buying the house in the Hampton and we had the house we had in Old Westbury, I was buying apartments in the city just as an investment. To, so the money I is remember. there and you get a return. And then in 2005, I bought a piece of property in Tribeca, 47 Murray Street, and I built a condominium. And we, and I sold it in 2011, 2012, all the apartments there. So I, wow. I was always in it. And this was really my, my exit from, from uh, the garment center into real estate. Yeah. It just happened that you end up with Brandon. Brandon got into real estate and. Yes. Just so everyone knows, Brandon and my dad work together in real estate. So it's actually really nice. What did you first think when, when you met him, when you met Brandon? I liked him. It was great. I mean, well, I know his father is a dentist, so right away I said, oh, his father is a dentist. I can have my teeth. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I have my teeth. Actually, care. I knew his parents by visual. We never really, maybe high, high. Like knew them. I, yeah. I did not know him. I did not know him at all. And Now, what do you think of him? I think that there's nothing that has to be done or that he wants to do that cannot be done. He doesn't leave any stone unturned. He was so much like me when I was young. It's like ridiculous. I know. I see it too. Relentless. He doesn't stop at any... You put a project in front of him and he's going to run with it. He'll figure it out. Yeah. Yep. He'll figure it out even if you... He doesn't know what no is. That's the, that's the thing. And it's, it's... Listen, it's good most of the time. Sometimes it's not good. But most of the time it's good. And he's, he's very smart. He, he sees things a certain way. And you have a, a great partnership with his partner, so it helps a lot. And I think he's great. I think he's great. I think he's a great father and an amazing husband. So now that you're in real estate, you also, you know, you said you love fashion. It's always been in your blood. So talk about what you recently started. Well, during the pandemic, I, you know, I'm a runner, so I go run all the time. So we lived on, on a street called Meadow Lane in Southampton. And... Every time I go around and I come home for the year, we lived there with, the, from March to March to the pandemic when things was, were bad. I, I used to come home and mom used to order all those sweatsuits. And I'm saying to myself, what is she doing? I can do those sweatsuits. So I decided to start a line called Meadow Lane. It's like shop the Meadow Lane. It's direct to consumer. Uh, online, obviously. Online, online on, yeah. only. And it's just like a full circle for me coming from... Being in the government center, always loving it, still reading Women's World Daily today to have this line now. And it's, and it's, so, it's so cute. He does like a lot of like really cool uh, workout sets, lounge sets. And it's, it's, it's really like your everyday go-to like jogger and sweatshirt, but there's like fun twists to them. And like, but it's still not too trendy where like you would have to get rid of it next year. You know, it's no, something it's that basic. you can keep in your wardrobe long, long term. And it's been doing so well and this is what came out of the pandemic 
<laughs> well, at least something good came out of the pandemic. Yeah, a lot of things came good. You know, you 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 never really live with somebody. Meaning, you live with your wife, but yeah, you go to where you come you, home yeah. every day. Twenty four. You have space, and you still yeah. with them today. <laughs> I, Your marriage I, I will last forever. No, I deserve a yeah. medal. <laughs> Wait, why don't you tell everyone the website um, that they could shop Meadow Lane on? It's Shop Meadow Lane. And what about what about Instagram? Is there an Instagram? Yeah, part? Meadow Lane on Instagram. It's just the. Uh, it's just it's just at Meadow Lane, or it's at Shop Meadow Lane. No, at Meadow Lane. M-E-A-D-O-W Lane. Yes, L-N, not Lane. That's the L-N. Oh, L-N, so short for Lane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, everyone should check it out. How do you look to support me and, and Danielle and Michaela as we grew into adults and built our own careers? I mean, he was just always there for us. I mean, you read all my contracts. He like, even like whenever, I still call him to like handle things. Like I was moving into a new building and and the the super wasn't very nice to me. So I made my dad call him and just kind of like become friends with him because <laughs> I was so scared. <laughs> but like, I wouldn't ask Brandon to do those things. That's a dad job. It's my pleasure to be needed. The day, the day I'm not needed, it's uh, the end. It's really, you want to be needed by your kids all the time and by your grandkids all yeah. the time. You know, like, you know how I went to pick up Esme for school today. She was like, she couldn't believe I was there. She was so happy. She jumped to me. She was so happy, right? What, looking back, what's the most, what's the thing you're most proud of from being a father? That's a deep question. What am I most proud of? Be, be, being able to bring my kids in a safe, uh, comfortable environment and give them the best roadmap to succeed in life. And Having my wife as a phenomenal mother and an amazing role model, I mean, for girls, I mean, I'm not saying the father doesn't have yeah. a role model, but as a mother to be, I never in my life, okay, said to anyone, anyone, I love you. Yeah. I never said I love you. I know, but that's what I was trying to because explain. Because it's, like, it's like not something yeah. we say, but this woman taught me how to love. I, I, I had no idea how to do it. I still have a hard time saying it. I'm going to cry. I'm proud of the way you came out, guys, and I'm proud of the way uh, you had an amazing role model in a mother. And, and I'm very proud that I was able to provide yeah. to a certain level. It doesn't make the level different. That path. Yeah. And to, for you, like you graduated school, you got your car, you, got, you went to college. None of, you, none of you had to take loans. You know, a lot yeah. of people don't have it. And we had it. And we had a great life. I mean... Listen, we, for 10, right. 10, 12 years, we just send baths every year, you know, go skiing in Aspen, doing all those things. Yeah. Well, what's better than traveling with your kids back to your home? The best upbringing. We really did. It's, it's amazing. And now the family is growing and you have grandkids. It's the best. Everything is Now good. you have two, two boys coming. Yeah. Crazy. So this was a really fun conversation. I'm glad I was able to introduce you all to my amazing dad. Thank you for joining me and giving us the chance to talk about our family and lessons of parenthood, your support at every step of my life and Michaela and Danielle's um, has made us into the women that we are today. So thank you to all the listeners out there. Please come back for more as we welcome some new guests to the podcast. Reach out to us with any questions about the podcast or who you want us to bring on. You can DM us on Instagram at something Navy. See you next week. That's a wrap for today's episode of In-House. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more thoughtful discussions and amazing guests. 
Make sure you follow on Spotify and Apple Podcasts so you never miss an episode. And of course, follow me at Ariel Charnas and at Something Navy. See you next week.